Hello, hello, hello. My name's Charlie Lawson. This is uh, Chats with uh, Charlie. Uh, great to be here. Charlie Lawson, BNI National Director uh, for BNI in the UK and Ireland. We've got a very special guest here today, uh, Kate Carruth. Hi, Kate. How are you? Good afternoon, Charlie. I'm very well. The sun is shining and I'm happy. Yeah, we were just saying beforehand, it's one of those days where spring is really here and it just it's just a, a lovely time of year this uh, this isn't it um let's tell tell you a little bit about kate kate is a bni member in uh, cambridge in the fitzwilliam chapter i hear there's a, a very good chapter at fitzwilliam i hear i hear a lot about fitzwilliam um but uh, she calls herself a content alchemist uh, and that's uh intriguing enough in itself um but yeah i mean i, I think if we were Seeing Kate's uh, name come up on a, on a BNI membership list or a profession list, we, we, we'd say copywriter, creative words is, is her company. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fa- fascinating uh, story she's got and love to, to, to hear a little bit about it. So, I mean, Kate, copywriting is probably, probably one of those things that a lot of people fear. I know sometimes when I'm stuck and I'm thinking, oh, God, well, I've got to write that blog post or write that uh, uh, social media uh, entry. You know, sometimes we have those blocks. How? Let, let's go back to the, the start. Did you always want to be a writer? How, how did you get into the into the uh, field of copy? Oh, uh, that's, that's quite a good, quite a good long story. Um, I, yes, I always wanted to be a writer. Um, I mean, really always. When I, when I was three, someone asked me what I wanted to do when I grew up, and I said I wanted to be a cuckoo clock. Um, but actually, my, even then, my father spotted... Find out more about the cuckoo clock. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I actually... The truth is, I don't remember saying I wanted to be a cuckoo clock. I wasn't reminded of it until I was 15, and my sister reminded me in front of my first boyfriend. It's um, always, it's but, always yeah, family so, doing the embarrassing thing, isn't it? Yeah. You can always, re- you can always rely on a big sister. Um, but, yeah, so I, 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 my father heard me say this, and uh, he said immediately, she'll be a writer, because he could spot that creativity in me. And I, I always was... Um, that kind of creative, I was always, let's pretend was always my favourite game. I had arguments with friends about who should hold the invisible dog. Um, all of that sort of storytelling was always within me. Um, and it, my first school report picks up how much I liked writing stories. So I always had that in me. When I was 13 and doing options at school, um, my careers officer was saying, what do you want to do? Said I wanted to be a writer. And, and I know he was trying to be helpful. He said, well, writers don't make any money, so what will you do for an income? Now, when you're 13 and someone says that to you, what you hear is, you can't be a writer, get a proper job. And that's exactly what I did. So I did my O-levels, I did my A-levels, I went and did a degree in mathematics, um, go figure. And, and then I got a job. <laughs> yeah, and, and then I got a job. I went through a graduate training program and ended up as a management consultant, Um, originally doing uh, work with industry in supply chain. Um, And over the years of doing that, I did that for 22, 23 years, something like that. But over the time that I was doing it, it sort of morphed from um, business process design and those sorts of pieces, which is what I was doing originally, um, into communications and change management. So I was a change management consultant. I was helping organisations deal with people change. 
Um, and all of that time that I was doing that, um, I was writing as a hobby. So I was still writing as this, this hobby that would never make any money and that was obviously just something for me to do as a hobby. Um, in 2005, I hit a health issue. I was actually diagnosed with cancer, um, went through the whole surgery, chemotherapy, uh, radiotherapy, drug thing. Um, and that prompted me to publish my first book. And I did that as self-publishing. I never really did any marketing for it. You can buy it on Amazon. If you do, you'll double my sales. Um, you know, so it was never the kind of thing that even then I was thinking would ever make me any money. Um, so that's 2005. Um, about tw probably 2015, um, I hit a bit, I suppose, what you would call a bit of a perfect storm and that my father died. I was on a really challenging consulting project. My health was not where it should be. Um, and I kind of, I burnt out. So work put me on a six, I voluntarily put me on a six month sabbatical so I could kind of decompress and just really, really recover from that. And while I was on that sabbatical, I happened across a life coach um, he'd been sort of on my radar for a while. He was actually a, a weight loss coach and he'd been on my radar for a while and he kind of came back onto my, onto my radar at that point. And I'll be honest with you, personal development was never really something I had any kind of resonance with at all. None at all. I just, I always thought, you know, coaching for me was something that the business environment did. Do you, do you think that was part of because you were in, or had been used to a corporate existence and, you know, just that, that wasn't something that was encouraged there? Probably, yes. It was partly that. It's partly, you know, the, the, there's a business way of doing things. And I wasn't, you know, with big organisations, which are very much a machine. Um, and coaching was, was something that was done when someone had a performance issue within the workplace. That was when you used coaching. Personal development... Um, self-development wasn't really something so it was only ever a corrective better. rather than a proactive measure yeah the only kind of development you did was education yeah. so you might you might go and do a you know a, a course or something like that so there was professional development that kind of thing but never never really looking at your sense of self or anything like that so so 2015 this this coach comes onto my radar and it started to just change the way I looked at things. And he asked a question on a, he was doing live Facebook broadcasts. And he asked this question, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? And in my head, instantly, I thought I'd quit my job and I'd be a writer. And that was the first seed of what I really wanted to do, which was to be a writer. It's an interesting question now because it, 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 it's sort of the, you know, money and no object, what would you do? Or if you just, yeah, you, you yeah. just take you all the risk away, take all the, all, the, all the potential problem away, you know, and immediately go to what your gut tells you that that's what you'd like to do. And it was clearly still burning strong, this this passion, this, hop, you know, being a hobby during that Absolutely. time, I guess. But, yeah, still yeah. burning strong. It was, it was still there. It was still with me. He did a he did a live event in the April of the following year. So this is sort of April 2016. I remember all these dates really clearly because they were so important to me. Um, and 
so I met him for the first time and I was chatting to him and was saying, you know, you asked this question of what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? I knew I would want to be a writer. And then repeated back what had been said to me at 30. But of course, writers don't make any money. And he said, oh, we'll have to see what we can do about that. And I know I remember thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Heard all that before. Because lots of people, when you share a dream, will say, oh, I'm sure we can do something. I'm sure something will happen. And, and I just thought it was nothing. Well, the next day he phoned me and he said, look, for my coaching community, I want to do a journal. I want to create a journal for the coaching community. Would you help me by writing the introduction? And in my head, I'm thinking, still, you know, I'm helping my mother get to come to grips with the fact that my dad has gone. I, I was back at work by this time, which was massively busy, um, still working on my health, still had a whole load of stuff going on for me in my life. I'm far too busy for this. And I was, I was seconds away from saying, I'm really sorry, I can't help you. I'm too busy. But there was this little part of me that said, if you want to be a writer, here is somebody offering you a chance to be a writer. So I said yes. Um, and, and it was nuts. I was, you know, I was doing, I was working weekends and evenings and, you know, fitting it in on the train on the way to and from work to help with this thing. It's one of those sort of things where you say yes and then work out how you're going to do it rather than Absolutely. any Absolutely. clear plan on that. I, sh I should say yes to this. Yeah. I should say yes to this because he'd phoned me up. He'd taken the trouble to pick up the phone and call me. So I wrote that introduction for him. And then actually I started helping him work with the designer on putting the whole journal together. And I have never stopped working for that coach. He was my first client. And in the course of the next six to nine months, he helped me realise that, and it is perfectly true, if you write fiction, it's terribly rare to make a living at it. Mm. The J.K. Rowlings of this world are extraordinarily unlikely well, and unusual. J.K. Rowling was the, the person who come, came, comes to mind yes. so often in, the, in this situation. I mean, do you think there are, you know, there will be the next J.K. Rowling somewhere out there in the world, you know, and they're Absolutely there will told be. again, you know, no money to be yes. made from, from writing. What would you but, say but, to someone with that, with that dream? Keep, keep dreaming. Keep dreaming. Keep at it. Because... I still write fiction and it, it's not one of the things that I think sometimes people don't understand, particularly about creative writing, about fiction writing, rather than if you like business writing where you're doing it for a for a business purpose. Um, you're not actually writing in order to make money. You're not writing to be a millionaire. And to be honest, write, you know, fiction writing doesn't make any money. If you're writing to be a millionaire, you need to find a different career, I'm afraid. Um, that's not the reason to write a book. You do it for the sheer love of doing it, for the creating of stories, um, of, of the crafting of something um, in, a, in, a, in that sort of setting. And that was why J.K. Rowling did it. She didn't sit in that coffee shop nursing one cup of coffee for hours so that she could be warm writing Harry Potter because she thought she would be a multimillionaire at the end of it. She did it because it was a story she had to write. Um, and 
And that was why she did it. And that's the same reason I still write fiction now. It doesn't, it doesn't generate me an income. But, but the business writing does. People need that help. You mentioned it yourself. Sometimes you'll sit down and think, oh, I've got to write a blog. I can't think what I'm going to say. I can't get that out in my head. And what I've discovered is my ability to help people get what's in their head out and yeah. onto a onto a page. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to look at that for a sec. That that thing about that sort of writer's block. I, I, it's often pondered me. Can, can you have writer's block before you're even a writer? Before you've published your first thing? And I, I always think, no, it can't be writer's block because I'm not I'm not a writer yet. But um, for me, when it comes to content creation, often the, the, the content is there. It's more just having the inspiration. If you've got uh, uh, you know something to focus you you know or an idea or you know perhaps looking at other people's posts and thinking well I could do my not copying their post but doing something where you copy the style of their post and do a do a, a, a piece in in, in, a, in a similar way is that something you, you, you've taught people to do or, or does for you does that yeah, just I, I mean I, I do all sorts of things that that um that will help people just get clear the, the things that I tend to do routinely when someone is saying, you know, I need to write a website or I need to write a blog or, you know, even I want to write a book. The place I always, always start with is who is it for and what do they need? What's the value that, they, that they're looking for that you can help them with? Mm. So if you're an electrician right now, um, as, we, as we record this in 2022, I can tell you, as an electrician, people aren't aren't interested so much in I you know I can rewire your plugs. What they're thinking about is what can I do to save energy, because the bills are going up, and therefore, if you're an electrician about to write a blog, write a blog about the difference that LED lighting will make in your home or your offices or your office buildings or your business so the fact is you can make your you've just got to find the angle that uh, that that makes it uh, makes it relevant doesn't it and it starts with the audience it's who is that audience and then just in, you can almost imagine yourself if someone's read something that you've put out there whether that's a social media post whether that's a blog whether that's a keynote speech that you've delivered whether that's a um an article in a magazine, whether that's a book, an online training course, think of that reader at the end of the journey and what they're going to do and think and feel and create that vision in your head. And it then becomes much easier because then you can take, you can kind of get out of being hung up about the fact that you've got to write it down because you'll start to think about, well, what would I say to them? What conversation would I have with this person who's struggling with this issue? Well, th- this, and that, that unblocks everything. This, this resonates totally because, I mean, I have done a little bit of writing, uh, not uh, obviously to the uh, extent and quality, uh, no doubt, of what, uh, what you, you produce. Uh, and certainly if I'm looking at trying to help people in other fields, I, I have no chance. Um, but when it came to my role in, in BNI, being National Director of BNI in the UK, you know, it was thrust upon me almost right you've got to get out and go and speak you've got to go and write you've got to write your blogs you've got to you've got to be the, the public face if you like um and so it was always uh, so many people separate got to write a book got to write a book got to write a book 
And I thought, okay, fair enough. Enough people are saying it, I'll go and do it. And it was obviously going to be a book on networking, but what I often first found, or for the first six months of doing it, I was fitting it in to the day job, to be fair. So I wasn't spending six months solid on this. But in the hour here or two hours there that I was doing it, I, I kind of find myself staring at the screen quite a lot because I'd try and write something about networking. And then I think, no, 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 I want to read that. What I then realized was you've got to have your angle. And my angle of it was coming from the angle of someone who doesn't really like to network, the unnatural network, and that's where the book title came from. Suddenly then, it flowed. Once I had the angle and you were serving someone effectively or giving someone some value, as you, as you say, then then I found it easy. So, did, It's exactly that. It's yeah. exactly that. It's finding that, it's finding that audience. Yeah. And it does apply, for, it does apply to, to anything you're doing in that space of content. Yeah. So looking at, you know, we've talked about budding writers, don't give up the dream because, okay, may, maybe, you, you know, the, the, the chance of being the next J.K. Rowling isn't high, but, you know, that's still got someone is going to be the someone next Someone has player. to do it. Exactly, someone is. Um, we've talked about how you, uh, you know, what advice you'd give to someone who's perhaps had that sort of creative block and can't think what to write. What, what about someone who says they can't write or... You know, uh, I, I think of my other half uh, often when it comes to this. Uh, Hannah, she's, my, she's a pottery teacher and she's dyslexic and has always found just the thought of even writing an email. And it, it's, it's not an easy thing for her to do, sitting down and just writing anything. What, what's your advice for people who really find it difficult to write? They may have got something to say, but find it difficult to do so. We live in a fantastic era because... You do not have to be able to spell, be good at grammar, or do any of those things because there's so many other alternatives. So if you want to get content out there, if you've got something to say, you don't have to write it down. Do a podcast. Um, do a video. Do Facebook Lives. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's so many other mediums for it. Um, so if if writing isn't your thing, then there's another medium. There's always something else for that. But also, there are tools out there, um, rev.com, otter.ai. These are software packages, and there are tons of them out there, loads of different ones, which do speech to text. You talk into the microphone, and it does all the transcription for you. So that's even that's even better. You can sit, I mean, you see it on, on WhatsApp and things like that, that you can actually, um, a Apple does it really well, a Android does it really well. It will turn your speech into text. Yeah. And of course, and thought, I was going to say this, some amazing copywriters who, if you're determined to write, but feel you oh, can't, wrong. Yes. You, you can go and talk actually, to, to some I people. Ghost, yeah, I actually ghost wrote a book with yeah. a dyslexic right. um, about three years ago. And all he did is he sent me voice files of each chapter. Yeah. He'd do a kind. He'd do the initial research. He'd send me an audio of all his thoughts and ideas, and I then structured that into the chapters of the book. And we wrote a book that way. And yeah. it's 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 definitely one of the things that you can. Most copywriters will happily take an audio file yeah. um, and turn that into something for you. And an audio file is great because you get the tone of voice as well. Yeah, you can you can hear a lot from tone of voice, whereas blank yeah. text written on its own yeah it makes a difference. Uh, fascinating, fascinating. Uh, we, we are running out of time uh, and these conversations always go fast and you'd think 
we covered a, a few, I wanted to see if we can give some tips to people who perhaps have the block or feel like they can't do it. I just want to take you back then to that moment where you, it, it sounded to me as the way you described it as almost a sliding doors moment where you, you've had this business coach uh, who'd given you this opportunity. You, you didn't really know he was going to be your first client probably when that first came along, but within a few months it turned out, yeah, definitely you got your first client. It, it, it sounds to me as though that was a sliding doors moment. Do you think you would have given up the corporate management consultant career? Do you think you, if you hadn't taken that opportunity at that time, do you think it was an inevitability that you would have found yourself doing this now? Or would you, do you think perhaps it would have still been that passion somewhere in the back of your mind that you had lots I, of gear writers? I, I think, I think I'd probably, well, now I would probably be, be, so the plan at that point, up until that point had been, I'm just going to dig my heels in, get through the next six years, which I was, what, 49 at the time. So I was waiting to get to 55, take my pension early and then retire. And then I could write as a hobby full time. Um, so I, I don't think I would have done what I did if I hadn't said yes to that opportunity. And it's actually become almost a motto for me. And I apologize unreservedly to every business coach out there who's desperately trying to get all of their clients to, to actually niche down and stop running about in every direction. So I apologize here and now, but I will, I operate a motto of if a golden opportunity comes your way never be too busy because I, I really was I was fractions away in my head I was saying I can't possibly say yes to this I'm out of my mind to say yes to this but look where it took me yeah that, that, that's the message I'm taking from this you know you just got to take take the opportunities when they come um, you know Obviously, not everyone's going to be copywriting. It's going to be whatever that uh, that opportunity is uh, for, for you in, in a given situation. But yeah, that's definitely definitely the, the message I, I'm taking away from this. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, Kate, how can they do so? What's the best way to do so? Because you never know; they they may well need some a good copywriter. You never and... know. I'm I'm always happy. I'm always happy for a one to one from anyone who wants a chat. Anyway, even if all you want is a conversation just to help yourself get unstuck. Um, best ways to find me, my website is creativewords.cc, um, .co.uk is a strange software company, um, .cc being my initials, so creativewords.cc, um, there's words lots there about something. me, cool. Yeah, tons of blogs there as well, which are helpful on how to write websites, how to create blogs for yourself, how to suddenly get unstuck with content, so Love it. Um, I am off to go and check out the bit where you get unstuck with content because I definitely need help with that. But uh, no, appreciate it, Kate. It's been fascinating having a chat about this. Uh, and yeah, hopefully, well, I've definitely taken something. I, I can't imagine anyone who who's listening wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have done so as well. So really appreciate your time. Thank you. Uh, look forward to, to catching up with you very soon. But uh, appreciate your time now. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Charlie. Take care, Kate. Cheers. Take care.